Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you today. We're going to be talking all the latest NFT news and headlines. What companies have big news? What companies are raising money? And what NFT collections saw a big increase last week in sales volume? We'll also have an interview later today talking NFT gaming on the Solana blockchain. And you can find out how you can play and earn in a unique twist. So we're excited about that interview today as well. So don't go anywhere. This is The Roadmap. All right, everyone, as you heard me say, this is the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you here on this Tuesday. Before we get started, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by FTX US, which is one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of trading volume and daily users. The FTX app is used by over 6 million people to buy crypto and NFTs no transaction or withdrawal fees. You can use your phone or computer. And the FTX US trading platform offers NFT trading on both the Ethereum and Solana blockchains with no gas fees. To find out more, click on the link in the description below and also in the chat and let FTX know that Benzinga sent you their way and you can get signed up for your own account. Without further ado, I think it's time to kick off today's show. So let me go ahead and bring on my co-host, Alyssa. Alyssa, what's going on? Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's It's been a busy day, but uh, we're, we're kicking uh, and mm. I'm excited for uh, today's episode. Me too. Me, I'm actually really excited because... I'm a gamer. <laughs> I like talking I about know, it. I know you're you're a gamer. This one's this one's right up your alley. So uh, I, I'm excited for that interview that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, Alyssa, it's Tuesday, so let's go ahead and you know most. Oh, did he just get rug? Oh, he did. Chris, you're back. Hello, I'm back. Uh oh. Oh, man, it's going to be one of those days today. Um, All right, well, let's take a look back at the top 10 NFT sales by weekly volume for the past week. Um, Last week, led by Board Ape Yacht Club with $14.9 million, followed by CryptoPunk, So Rare, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, Other Deed, ENS, Art Blocks, Moonbirds, Clone X, and Doodles. Um... A lot of, lot of big stories here, uh, Alyssa. You know, obviously it's uh, another week where we only see one name um, with $10 million or more in trading volume. We also have another week where eight of the 10 are the same from last week, right? So only two new names in the list. And uh, eight of the 10, though, were up for the week. So let, let's start with that last point. Uh Uh, Alyssa, you know, we hear so much about, you know, volume drying up in the NFT world, NFTs going out of favor. But if you look at last week, 
eight of the top 10 had an increase in sales volume. What could that mean? Are we starting to see some momentum, at least in these blue chip names again? It, I mean, based on the numbers, probably, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to go off to this point, though. Um, I'm not really surprised to see that the same names are repeated. Um, it, it's just not surprising to me right now, but though I, ENS, I want to talk, we're going to talk about ENS. We're going to talk about balance. ENS later. You have to save that <laughs> thought. Yeah. So, so Alyssa on that note, ENS and art blocks were the two this week that were not in the previous top 10, but ENS, we're going to talk about art blocks. I mean, they've been in the top 10 before, right? It's not like they're brand new, but it's been a, it's been a while since they've popped into the top 10. So are, are we seeing there's a reason why they're yeah are we seeing generative art and you know some of these nft art projects come back into favor and art blocks i mean they kind of lead the way so does that mean everyone else is gonna start following with the volume maybe people they follow a trend so if art blocks is up there and they continue to you know be up there and fly up maybe you'll see more generative art projects pop up again though i mean it could be just like you know quick quick projects so <laughs> keep an eye out Let, let's turn to, to other deed right so as i said you know eight of the ten were up on the week uh versus the previous week one of the projects that was down was other deed um so obviously we had some game demos going on Alyssa, where you know people who owned an other deed got to play um, what do we think that sales volume was down just because the last week before this was so much higher? Or do you think some people just wanted to play the game, test it out, and then they sold? Did some people not like the game? What what could be some of the, the reasoning here of uh, the other deed drop off in sales volume? I think it's because the hype has died down. It's happened. And now it's like everyone's moving on to the next thing. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah, but the demo and, is and, really cool. Yeah, and you've you've got it up there. Um, one of these shows, we're gonna have to go through some gameplay footage. Um, a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, were live streaming, showing off the demo. Um, the the biggest thing though is like, I, I heard a lot of positive feedback, right? Like, it's not like uh, the servers all crashed. It's not like people were like, whoa, you know, this they're not uh, prepared for this. It was a lot of positive feedback. So. Uh, um, I, I think that Yuga Labs is getting that much closer, and I think that's exciting, right? Because as we talk about these market leaders, right, you know, Art Blocks for Generative Art, uh, Board Ape is one of the market leaders, right? And when they do well, it doesn't mean everyone else is going to do well, but they tend to lead the market, which means sometimes they can increase the overall sentiment and volume for the NFT market. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. And back like with the whole it didn't like it's it performed better than I expected. I really was really thinking like people were gonna run to Twitter complaining that it was like crap and it was like crashing on them. But it they, I didn't see it. No, everyone was very like happy and pleased. Like this this guy, like sixty FPS and tracking, like it's running good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing. I, I, I agree, Alyssa. I really thought I mean, for as much fun as we get sometimes in the NFT market and 
as many people that like Board Ape, there's also your haters out there, right? I mean, obviously, we've, we've got some that are involved in a lawsuit. But uh, um, I didn't see a lot of, like, super negative comments or, you know, hey, look at them not being able to do this or how come it took so long or... I mean, I just feel like this was well done and, you know, yeah, the hype has worn down a little bit, but I fully expect other other deeds to make a bit of a recovery over the next couple of weeks uh, in terms of sales volume. I think people are going to want to play this uh, and obviously the next catalyst could be official dates, right, of when we actually yeah. see the full game and Alyssa, the other, the other kind of elephant in the room is that there's still other other deed land um the still to be minted or given away right and yuga lab said previously that they were going to reward people who um helped grow the the game right so there's some anticipation that the people that participate in these beta tests and you know take part in it could end up getting able to you know claim land or mint land or somehow be rewarded do you do you think that's what we're gonna see how they're gonna give away the the other remaining other deeds here yeah it's definitely an option i i can see it for sure yeah and Alyssa, that floor price 2.79 why do i feel like that was like very similar to to last week when we talked about it unless if it was 2.97 and i'm i'm just uh thinking of that number but i swear it was 2.79 so uh i feel like it's pretty level oh um yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I don't know, but um, uh, the other big gainer on the week, CryptoPunks, uh, up 122%. It went from third place to second place. Um, we're seeing some big sales, right, for for CryptoPunks again. And yes, the floor price is down in USD, but people are still accumulating those. Um, uh, and then outside of the top ten, Alyssa, um. Board Ape Kennel Club. That's a name we haven't talked about in, in a little while. Ranked twelfth, a two hundred and sixteen percent jump in sales volume. Um, so it looks like uh, you know another uh, Yuga Labs project. Um, you know, popping in to that top twenty, and then Axie Infinity. Uh, we're going to talk about Axie later on. They appeared in the top twenty again. Um, but I think that's a good sign. Um, and then uh, only one Solana project in the top 20, DGen, DGen, 19th. And then NBA Top Shot, which we talk about almost every episode, fell to 20th place, did see a 5% increase. But Alyssa, I have been saying for weeks that I thought NBA Top Shot was going to get closer to that top 10 line because they were hovering kind of in the 14, 15, 16 they were 20th last week. I don't know. I, I might be a little early. Uh, we do have summer league games going on now, but the NBA season's still a couple months away, so maybe uh, it, it's going to be a bit. I personally think it'll be a bit. That's. that's you think I they think. make it back there, though? When you say a little I, bit, yeah. do you think NBA tops no. that goes back in the top 10? Yeah, I think they will be. Like As soon as the season starts, especially, yeah. I think it'll pop in. And I mean, they might have cards up their sleeves, like pop, like, hey, yo, look at this. <laughs> then they're on the top yeah. 10 again. Yeah. That, but no, I, yeah. I, th I think for sure. Um, so we'll see that. All right. Well, moving on slightly from the top 10, but definitely in the same realm, uh, Alyssa, I know you wanted to talk about ENS. So 
I read an article that said Ethereum name service registrations were up 216%. So in the past weekend, um, 64,000.eth names were created on Sunday and Monday alone. 108,000 registered in the past week. Um, let's start with those numbers, Alyssa. So over 100,000 ENS domain names registered in one week. That's a six-digit, pretty massive number. So let, let's start with the big number. Do you think that this was a lot of people buying one or two names and getting into ENS for the first time? Or do you think this was a lot of people buying up 10 to 20 ENS names at a time because gas is cheap and they're anticipating more of a boom or a combination, of course, of both? I think it's a combination. I was going to ask that question, like, why why is this happening? <laughs> but a combination makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely have bought a couple over the last month. I don't think I bought any last week. Um, but that is a lot, 108,000 um, ENS domain yeah. registrations. You can see on that chart, you know, that obviously we had that huge spike a couple months ago when the three-digit and four-digit numbers were hot, right? And everyone was out trying to get those. Um, we also had the airdrop of the ENS token. When that was announced, you know, we saw a spike, obviously, of people trying to get in. But, I mean, look at that volume now. Like, it is steadily rising and... I think we're just going to keep seeing this. Um, I actually had a good conversation with someone yesterday about ENS. Uh, more on that later on this week about a three-digit ENS uh, domain that you can actually uh, buy shares in. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll talk. Um, but Alyssa, along with the number of registrations, we once again saw some big sales. So uh, 000.east sold for 300 ETH or $344,000 on Sunday. We're also seeing um, Arabic or Chinese character ETH addresses also getting uh, strong purchases. So there was one that sold for 100 ETH, um, 114,500. Uh, Alyssa, I know English and I know some Spanish and I know some French. Uh, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I don't know these other languages with the characters because those character domain names, I think, are going to end up being some of the best purchases that people ever bought. So uh, maybe you and I need to uh, enroll in uh, some some language classes so we can uh, start scooping up some of these domains. What do you think? Download some Duolingo. <laughs> Duolingo, yeah. We're, we're coming your way because uh, I, I want to know. Yeah, I mean... I actually think I saw on Twitter that someone uh, got like the one of the foreign uh, ways to say board ape yacht club that no one had purchased yet. Dot ETH, right? And then, you know, anyone who owns board apes over there, obviously, that's going to be highly coveted. Like, pe people are just they're they're taking advantage of and anticipating what's to come for ENS. And like I said, I don't think this is over. Um, yeah, I think I, we're, we're still early here. I never even thought about like buying names in different languages but it is a good solid strategy yeah i mean and like uh, yeah like i mean i i don't want to throw out too many in case they've uh, not been scooped up but like <laughs> i mean obviously you've got like you know your numbers in like spanish like maybe you know because i'm sure someone owns one.com right o-n-e or not dot com dot east 
So someone probably scooped up, you know, uno.eth, uh, dose.eth, right? All the different numbers. Because um, again, like one word phrases are, are just, they're going to be easy to remember. And I think they're going to be valuable. You can also form a whole company, um, you know, around them. Um, I also feel like numbers still is the the way to go, right? Um, I have some five-digit uh, domains. I don't have any three or four. Um, yeah, so it looks like someone's got Uno. Um, but I don't know what else, Alyssa. I keep trying to come up with ideas. But uh, uh, yeah, like like we talked last week, right? It's harder to go after like celebrities and like that type of name, right? Because you're kind of hit or miss, right? Like only so many people are ever going to want to buy it. The celebrity or like a big fan. Whereas if you buy like a word that's well known, right? Like that could be the the way to go. So uh, I don't know. There's a lot of ways. Like I, I I mentioned this in the previous episode where we talked about the end domains. Like it's the same deal with the dot com. Like people came. You could be like laying in bed and you just come up with a name. Like bro, I need to buy this because I think someone's gonna buy it. <laughs> That's and you exactly can start advertising. Yeah, so like, uh, I didn't even think about the foreign language. <laughs> yeah, might be might be late there too, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of crazy, right? Uh, but seeing ENS in the top ten last week, I mean, after we talked about it, I just feel like it's further validation. Um, yeah, you know that it's it's just it's gonna keep going. When was the last time we even seen ENS? Like when it spiked, right? Like, I feel like it was in the top then? ten or top twenty. Yeah, back when the the three digit numbers and four digit numbers were super hot, right? So back I don't in think April, I've maybe? seen it though since then in the top the top ten or even the top twenty. Wow. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I mean, that's that's a lot. Um, all right. Anything else on ENS, Alyssa? Not, I mean, I could talk a lot about it, but no, <laughs> it takes well, the whole more, to, more to come later this week. Cause like I said, uh, three digit, uh, ENS are the rarest out there, right? Because there's only 999 possible three digit combinations. They're all sold out, but there is a way you can own a piece of one, uh, later this week. So, uh, I'll, I'll give that to our viewers later on this week and let them know how. Um, Alyssa, I write about, um, entertainment a lot on Benzinga, right? And one of the most popular shows out there that I've written about several times is of course, Stranger Things. And I know there's a lot of Stranger Things fans out there. And I have news that we are getting Stranger Things NFTs. What? Like... This probably should have happened a while ago, right? But it's it's coming. So this is from Candy Digital, which Candy Digital has a deal with Major League Baseball. They've got investments from uh, Mike Novogratz, Gary Vee, and some other big names. They are launching um, Stranger Things character poster NFTs this week in mystery boxes. Um, so... These go on sale July 14th. That is two days away. So Thursday, um, you sign up for that's a nice birthday present. Oh, that's right. That's Alyssa's birthday. We're gonna we're gonna have to get some, nice some Stranger Things posters uh, for you. Uh, there is some FAQs on the site right there. Um, if you scroll up a little bit, that breaks down 
Um, the what's inside the mystery boxes, uh, you get one character poster. Um, there is 17 different, and you want to take the chance, Alyssa, of trying to get all 17 on your own. Hmm. You can buy a Hellfire Club bundle. There's nice. only 99 of those where you get all 17 posters. Otherwise, you have a chance, a random draw of all 17. There is 11,111 mystery boxes available. The boxes cost, Alyssa, this is what I really like, $11 USD each, or the bundle of all 17 is $275. Here's another way where I think we bring new people into the NFT space, right? $11 is pretty affordable for an NFT drop. What do you think of that price? That is a very nice price. (laughs) Usually I don't buy into things because of the prices. Um, I don't really want to spend 50 plus, 100 plus, several hundred on something that I, you know, I don't know. Like, I really have to believe in a project to like actually spend that much money in. And usually I don't do that with like, stuff like this but 11 dollars, i would i would yeah now what do you think about um so let's say you have 200 or 300 dollars to spend on this right let's say you're a stranger things super fan are you going to take the chance and buy up individual mystery boxes or would you just go ahead and grab a hellfire club pack where you are guaranteed to get all 17 i'd get I'd probably get the the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, the, the the thing is for for anyone out there uh, thinking about it, uh, if you do the math, right, eleven dollars times seventeen boxes would be a hundred and eighty seven dollars. So you are paying more per poster for the big pack, but again, you're guaranteed to get all seventeen. Now. Alyssa, we know that hypothetically down the road, what if we get more Stranger Things drops, right? What if owning all 17 posters puts you into exclusive company and you get, you know, first access at season five drops or, you know, uh, mints from the show, right? And I mean, this is just character posters. I have to think that there's probably more coming. Um, I see that comment, of course, from, 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 in the chat from Sludge uh, about how they're ramming Stranger Things into the ground as fast as they possibly can. I mean, (laughs) Netflix owns Stranger Things, right? This is one of their original shows, so it's not like they license it. I I think they're late here, right? They could have been doing this for a while, but I think this is just, it's smart on Netflix's part, right? Like, why wouldn't you do an NFT drop? And again, I mean, it's $11. It's not like they're charging $100 for each NFT, which they probably could hypothetically. So, oh, there we go. So uh, there's a different number. Okay, here we go. That's why. Eddie, Eddie, I was looking for Eddie. People love so Eddie. 11's the rare one, right? What is that? 200 yeah. and... Two, 223. Two, two, 223, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. So to complete the set on your own, I mean, you probably are going to spend more than the $275 buying boxes. So like I, yeah. 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 So I still think Though, your, your best bet is getting one of the big packs. I'm going to say this. Um, 
this one, I think we all knew it. We all knew that Stranger Things was probably going to release NFTs eventually, and they were probably waiting for a new season to drop. Sucks that it's happening now, but hey, it's still, I think, like the fans, they love Stranger Things. I mean, I'm lo- I'm kind of like comparing this to uh, Walking Walking Dead NFTs that released. <laughs> um, I wouldn't buy those, but I would buy <laughs> Stranger Things because the 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 show itself is more popular i think do people still like walking dead uh i don't know i so walking dead i can honestly say i watched the first i think four or five seasons and then i stopped watching and i feel like did you watch it Alyssa? (laughs) i i stopped watching after glenn got Got, um, oh, big, big, big spoiler out I'm, of you. Uh, hey, I'm sure no, they already know. <laughs> I, no, yeah, for me, it was, I think, season five. Um, and for me, it was, it just seemed like it was getting really repetitive. And like, also, like you mentioned with, with Glenn, right? I like certain characters, obviously, certain characters on that show can die. Um, it just, yeah. I don't know, but they're, yeah. it's still going as far as I know on, <laughs> on AMC. They're also doing a bunch of spinoffs. They're also doing some, some movies. But yeah, I just I never got oh. into that as much from, from the NFT angle. Um, Alyssa, so I, I said, you know, maybe Stranger Things is, is late to the party or Netflix is late to the party. Speaking of that, we did get another NFT marketplace announcement yesterday after market close. Um, publicly traded GameStop, uh, GME for anyone who doesn't follow stocks, finally released <laughs> the GameStop NFT marketplace. I guess I shouldn't shade them too bad when I say finally because we're 12 days into July. But they have said from January on that this would be released in the second quarter of the year. The second quarter, of course, was done in June. So they're they're a little late here. And Alyssa, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I both know too that uh, anyone, I mean, NFTs have kind of slowed down, right? Like GameStop could have launched this months ago, and it just seems like they're they might be a little little late here. No, uh, they're very late. Uh, they point they really blank. Just, yeah, just <laughs> say it, Alyssa. Yes, they were <laughs> late. They could have. Like, struck when the iron was hot way back then, dude. Like, they could have, but they didn't. And I'm sure they had resources. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to me, like, look at the Coinbase launch, right? When the Coinbase launch happened, how hyped that was, and then it kind of fizzled away. Like, I feel like GameStop had opportunity then to, like, go back, refine, do a new way. Like, I don't see a ton of things on there, you know, just browsing through that really get me that excited. I think they should have tried to do more exclusives. They should have partnered with some some game companies, some big projects, right? I know they did some, but like it just I don't know. Like there isn't a ton there to to me. No, I don't. The relationships are everything in NFTs and the fact that they didn't really reach out and like try to get on, I don't know. Maybe the board ape, yeah. Maybe they tried, but board apes. I mean, the cats. There's so many big projects that they could have like partnered up with. That's the reason why Coinbase, um, their their platform was like so hyped up. Yeah, because of the people they were, you know, partnering partnering up with. I don't recognize any of these. 
by the way. Yeah. Now, uh, Alyssa, before we get into um, the, the interview today, uh, on that note of Coinbase, right? I did see that the Coinbase NFT marketplace was used by a celebrity. Um, <laughs> he has an account there, and that was shared today. So uh, actor Bill Murray, um, who joined the Coinbase NFT marketplace, it says April 19th. Um, his portfolio now, his NFT wallet, we have a cool cat and a crypto punk. I mean, <laughs> look at that, right? Who would have thought? So Bill Murray, he did launch his own NFTs. Um, I think each one came with like a, a, a different like story from his, uh, uh, his life. Um, but he, he is in NFTs now and has a cool cat and a crypto punk. I mean, uh, it also looks like he's got some some other things there. Uh, oh, we got some V friends. Uh, is that Boss Beauties? Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, Gutter Cat Gang. World of Women, yeah. Gutter Cat Gang. I mean, he's he's got so so. Let's start with that, Alyssa. Uh, cool cats. Um, we're we're fans of cats on the show, right? We like the cats. Uh, what do you think of Bill Murray's pick here for a cool cat? We have. The properties of a stunned face, uh, a beret, a button-down uh, shirt, and cool one mouth. Um, what do you think of this cat? Uh, it's very. I can see. I can see Bill Murray in it. You know, maybe it's the beret. I don't know, but yeah. it's very. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good grab. I don't know the rarity. Do, do they show the like the trades? They don't, do they? Well, they do, but they uh, you might have to pull up the the open see. Uh, that, yeah, that's right. how. That's what. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks, Coinbase. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, but I feel like one of them was like two percent when I was looking. Um, so okay. I mean, not like yeah. ridiculously rare. Oh yeah, the beret is two percent. Uh, the green and the shirt and the stunned face. Um, so it's gotta be decent. It doesn't. I mean, I don't think the rarity matters for some of these projects at this point. Well, it does, but yeah. doesn't. But good, good find, Bill Murray. And I was not expecting you to buy. So he bought. A, oh, a so it was bought for three point nine uh, ETH by by Bill Murray. So mm. yeah, and I feel like what was the floor on Cool Cats? I feel like it was right around there. So I almost feel like he got he got this on close to the floor. Or am I off? Three point yeah, three point nine nine now. So yeah, that's right around there. So, um, all right. So Bill Murray, welcome to uh, Cool Cats and Crypto Punks, um, Alyssa. I think it's time to get in to our interview today. Uh, super excited about this one. Um, gaming um, and NFTs uh, syncing up. So uh, Alyssa, I will uh, see you in a little bit, but. Uh, uh, I'm going to on, we have Evan Ryer, the CEO and co-founder of Bravo Ready. Evan, welcome to The Roadmap. Thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, before we get into Bravo Ready and NFT gaming, just wondered if you can give our viewers and listeners just a brief history of how you got involved in the crypto and NFT space prior to uh, this game. Would be my absolute pleasure. Say, 
guys, my background academically was in the accounting space. And I threw away the degree that I worked so hard to achieve to go work in the Bitcoin mining industry, where I deployed about 32 megawatts of different ASIC and GPU based hardware. Ultimately, when Bitcoin mining became less cool, I saw this opportunity to acquire a lot of the graphics cards at pennies on the dollar, respectively. And I pivoted to build a cloud gaming solution, basically where we built out a data center and we would compute all of the associated data from the games on our computers and stream them at a low latency to the different gamers in you know, a specific geographic region. Ultimately, we were eaten alive by the likes of Google Stadia, Shadow Tech, GeForce Now, as they all materialized in the space in those years, still very bullish on gaming and hungry to build the future of it. I started a company with my co-founder at the time called Hypex.gg, now called Compete.gg. And basically, we were one of the first esports betting and tournament platforms. It was a website where we would automatically track your performance in different video games, secure payouts, and, and enable users to bet on anything from who would get the most headshots or slap shots or really anything in between. If there was data for it, we could create a tournament or an event for it. I sold that to a TSX-based public company called Intema, now called React Gaming Group. And shortly after, I stepped down from my position as CEO of the subsidiary, rolled my shares to build the future of Web3 gaming. My... My goal is growing up as a gamer with over 10,000 hours in games like World of Warcraft, RuneScape, Rust, Call of Duty, and everything in between. We were very passionate about building a game that provided a tangible secondary market value for the time you committed in video games. For, for those of you listening, you may be aware you, you spend 1,000 hours in a video game and your items are not provably fair. They are not liquid in a very easy way. When it boils down to, to video games and, and the effort that you commit to these things, you do want to see a direct translation, you know, an hourly remuneration for the time that is committed to these games. And ergo the BR1 metaverse. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, a lot to unpack there, Evan. Love that breakdown. Um, we, we talk a lot about NFT gaming on the show. And, you know, I, I feel like we're still really early there. What is it about, you know, that that bridge and that connection between NFTs and video games that you think is ready to go and what's still missing um, within the industry? Well, you know, first and foremost, you're, you're, you're looking at these games. And as I said, you, you spend a lot of time playing them and there's no direct correlation to the efforts that you commit. You level a character to, to a max level, level 100, or you get the rarest item in the game. And when you want to sell it, you have to go through these third-party websites that take a huge associated cut. Usually, they're foreign-based platforms that also come with a high level of risk. When you create video games where each of the items or the characters are NFTs that are transactable on secondary markets like Fractal, OpenSea, or Magic Eden, not only do you provide liquidity, but you create trust. So you have secondary platforms that have a high level of integrity. You can easily transact these items. You could see where they go, and people can see who hold them. How many people have that shirt that you're wearing right now? Who knows? But ultimately, if it was on the blockchain, we would know there's X amount and who all the associated owners are. Right now, the NFT gaming space, Web3 gaming as they refer to it, is very early. We definitely have huge steps to make to bring in the, the general public. And very soon, I imagine the next year or two, we won't refer to it as NFT gaming or Web3 gaming. 
It's truly going to be just gaming. Love that. All right. Well, we got into a little bit of an overview. Let's go ahead and get into uh, Bravo Ready. So tell viewers and listeners uh, about Bravo Ready and, and why you're so excited for, for this upcoming game. Bravo Ready is our Web3 gaming studio. And the first game that we are deploying is BR1 Infinite, our third-person, first-person shooter. The, the basic premise of our game is not only do you require an NFT to play, which are totally one-of-one one and unique, you actually have to pay to spawn. So in our game, for every round that you pay, you play, you're going to pay a spawn fee. So for example, in our $1 game mode, you put up a dollar paid in Solana and you spawn into a map of up to 300 players. Now there is no start, there's no finish to this game. The game is always happening. It's a, it's a constant session. You spawn on the edge of the map and you begin to work your way towards the center. The game is very PUBG-esque, very Rust-esque. And as you work your way towards the center, you do find greater access to weapons, ammo, and equipment. Similarly, you go through different topography and obstacles that limit your ability to work your way back towards the edge. So there's no storm. There's nothing that forces players towards the center. You go through different topography and obstacles in the pursuit of greater equipment. Once you pass these obstacles, you can't work your way back towards the edge where there are weaker players. Therefore, there's a higher concentration of players at the center of the map. As you eliminate players, you are in the greater of 10% of their total earnings or their spawn fee. So in the $1 game mode, for every elimination, that's the greater of 10% or $1. When you yourself are eliminated, you retain 85% of your earnings, you are kicked out of the game, and you are prompted, do you want to spawn again? Love that. It's a uh, th this, sound, this sounds amazing. Uh, you mentioned PUBG. Uh, I have spent some time playing PUBG, PUBG Mobile. Um, also, Fortnite, you know, comes to mind. Uh, you mentioned some of the, the big differences. Can you just break down, you know, how is this new game similar to Fortnite and PUBG? And what are some of those, you know, differences that uh, gamers can come to expect? So this is a red blood game and not a blue blood game. Fortnite is an example of blue blood in the sense there is no associated gore. Our game is designed for an aging demographic, age 25 to 35, with a disposable income looking for an additional level of thrill in their everyday gameplay. If you look at Texas Hold'em Poker, for example, and you know nobody plays Texas Hold'em for play money. It's not very entertaining. You play Texas because of the associated financial risk that comes alongside it. This game, once you start betting on your performance in it, you never really achieve that same level of thrill unless you always have that associated financial risk involved. The, the big difference here is this is the world's first risk-based game. This is not play to earn like many of the, the Web3 games you hear of. This is kill to earn. If you are not good at the game, if you're not aggregating associated kills, if you have a, an under 2KD, ultimately, you're going to be playing at a loss. This is for those hardcore gamers who really want to participate in a gaming ecosystem professionally and passionately. Say the, the graphic style, as you look at it, it's an incredibly high quality, realistic graphic style. Um, again, similar to what you see in Rust or PUBG, the major differentiating items, again, is this constant session. The game does not have a start. It does not have a finish. You hop in at your own discretion. You play at your own rate. 
You can choose to sit on the edge of the mound. You can choose and camp in the center of it. You play your way. Yeah, I think that's uh, my, my next question here. We have the the infinite royale, um, you know, is the, the term that's used uh, here. And, you know, again, I've played PUBG Mobile. Obviously, you, you play to win, right? You get that winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, you know, was infinite uh, royale, was that something that, you know, other companies have done at all? Is that completely new? And is that something that gamers, you know, have suggested or have been looking for for, for a while within games? So from what we know, this is the world's first risk-based game and the world's first infinite Royale. When it comes to a game like this, you know, especially if you're a gamer, if you're, if you're around at the launch of PUBG, there was this emotion that ensued that as you played the game, you had this fight or flight response. Your adrenaline is literally beating through your chest, into your fingertips, into the remote itself. For gamers that, that want a high level of excitement in their everyday gameplay, the infinite Royale game mode really seeks to provide. We know personally having players tied up to, to heart rate monitors and, and different sensors and playing this game, it truly is a next level experience. The infinite Royale is something that I, I do imagine other game companies will attempt to, to replicate down the line. And we're very excited for it. Awesome. So I saw a, a phrase that was used. I believe it was a quote by you that said, uh, this is not just a game, a way to game. Uh, can you just break that down for us a little bit within the, the gaming ecosystem? What does that mean? So guys, gaming is not necessarily just about the gamer. Let me take that even a step farther. I'm 28 years old. I don't have the time to play video games. I love video games. We, we get to build them, but I don't get to play them. How am I still considered a gamer? Well, it suggests that the profile of a gamer is a lot more diverse than anticipated. What we found is in gaming, there's actually four major profiles that you could break down a gamer into. You have that of the athlete, the guy who plays the game. And you may not be able to play 10 hours a day. Maybe you can even play for 30 minutes. You're still an athlete. You're a gamer. A lot of people watch games. And I spend a lot of time watching games on, on Twitch and on YouTube. You're an athlete. Sometimes you're an audience member. I may not have a million followers on Twitter or Instagram, but I am still a content creator. I post a lot of information about P2E games, about gaming in general. You're an athlete, you're an audience member, and you're a content creator. More recently, when it comes to Web3 gaming and the future of gaming itself, we've personally sold out 10,000 NFTs that come alongside our game to, to play the game. The big commonality between all 10,000 owners of our NFT is they are game investors. Sometimes you play, sometimes you watch, sometimes you talk about it, and sometimes you invest in it. We've created this very rigid ecosystem that drives incentive and reward between each of these profiles to create the best game ever. When I say it reinvents what it means to be a player, I'll break it down for you. The athlete looks for an additional level of thrill in their everyday gameplay. Cool. We, we spoke about that. Let's talk about the game investor. Chris, do you have two hours a day to play my video game? Yeah, not. And I, I'm sure many of our listeners today are in that same position. What reason would you have to buy five BR1 operatives or NFT? Well, I'll tell you, in our game, you do require the NFT to play. There's only 10,000 NFTs. We released 10,000 operatives when we had 30,000 people ready to play the game. This was to fuel the use of our rental system. 
You, if you want to play the game, instead of buying an NFT for $100 for $1,000, you can always rent one for a very immaterial rental fee. That associated rental fee is split pro rata amongst all the participants in the rental pool. Guys like you who own more than one associated operative that isn't currently in use. What's very cool about this as well is by you staking your operatives in the rental pool, it reduces the barriers to entry for gameplay. So again, instead of paying $1,000 for a character to play the game, you're going to pay 10 cents to rent one for this specific session. And that's it. The beautiful thing that comes alongside building such a diverse and rigid ecosystem to apply to each of these profiles. So we talk about the athlete, additional level of thrill, the game investor. Let's talk about the content creator. If you are a Twitch streamer, it's very difficult to build a following on these things, right? You're actually trading off paid work hours to follow a stream schedule. If you're playing this game and you're good at it, you're getting an hourly wage for playing the game. You're getting paid to play. Similarly for your audience, the very few viewers you may have when you start streaming, this is a financially risk-based game. It is very exciting for the audience to watch you risk it for the quote-unquote biscuit. Reinventing what it means to be a player is everything when it comes to Web3 gaming, the future of gaming, building additional incentives for each of the participants. Evan, I love this. It seems like uh, maybe I got to change my uh, eating habits. And instead of getting that winner, winner chicken dinner, I got to risk it for the biscuit here. Um, yeah, let, let's jump to the, the rental system. That, that was going to be my question because I immediately was like, hey, this, this, I would be buying these, renting these out. Uh, how do the rentals work? Is this something where, uh, again, since the game is infinite, um, there isn't a start time, an end time, a number of players? Um, do you rent them based on the, the day, the week, by the hour? Is there different, uh, you know, uh, tiers available? Walk, walk us through the rentals. So rentals are broken down first and foremost into automatic and manual rentals. The way the automatic rental system works is you boot up the actual game on your PC. It's a PC based client. And one of the first things you do is it asks you to sign with your wallet. So we prompt you with a QR code and you take out your phone and you scan it with your NFT wallet. You sign a message, and this enables us to know if you own a BR1 NFT or not. You don't send anything to us. We don't hold anything, and there's truly no element of custody on our end. And we do this to mitigate liability and as well from a security standpoint. You sign this message, and if you do not own a BR1 operative, we prompt you, and we say, no BR1 operatives found. At that point, you're then prompted to choose the game mode that you're playing. So let's say you choose the $1 game mode. It'll prompt you for your another QR code to commit the payment. And they'll take the $1 spawn fee and add 10 cents. 10% of the spawn fee is the rental fee. You'll commit that payment and it'll give you the cheapest associated operative in the rental pool. So in the automatic rental system, you go to play the game. If you don't have an operative, it'll allocate you the cheapest one automatically from the rental pool. On our web platform, you have access to our manual rental pool. The way that works is if you want a specific operative, a gold-on-gold gold Genesis Ape, one of the, you know, the rarer operatives, you'll be able to manually select that. When it comes to rentals, durations, and cost on the manual side, you can decide, is it duration-based rentals? Is it revenue share-based rentals? Are, are you splitting rev share 20%, 80% with the associated owner? Is it round-based? We have a diversity of different options for the gamers. As we aggregate data and we get more usage, 
we can decide what are the, the preferred methods of associated renting. It's, a, it's very interesting to note that when it comes to gaming, there's a lot of investment vehicles around gaming. There's people who actually build what they call gamer guilds. And these are large vehicles comprised of thousands of athletes. They call them scholars. And effectively, the owners of the guilds give them NFTs or rent them to them and participate in a rev share. And designing a rental system that not only appeals to the everyday single consumer, but as well the NFT investor profile, like the owners of these gamer guilds or large organizations, is critical to the experience. Awesome. Love that breakdown. Um, Evan, I know I have a question. I think uh, our viewers and listeners probably have a, a similar question is, how close are we? When can we anticipate uh, to be able to play this game? So Alpha Drop, we released the first version of the game, the Alpha, in January, before ever selling an NFT, before reaching out to any investors or beginning this whole pursuit. We wanted to prove to everybody that we were talented game developers and we knew what we were doing. We drop the newest build in the next two weeks. Right now, you can hop into our Discord and you can download the game. If you want to play in the, the original alpha, alternatively, if you want to hop on the wait list and get the newest build that it comes out in the, the next short while, and I hope you're on the edge of your seats because it is a next level experience and we're really excited to welcome everybody into it. Well, I'm definitely going to uh, have to check that out before we let you go, uh, a couple more questions. Uh, I know you guys did a recent um, uh, investing round and Solana was part of that. Uh, what does that investing round do uh, for the company and what do those key partners kind of bring in uh, to help build out? So before we raised the capital, we, we did sell a you know, bunch of our NFTs. We generated decent revenue. We also provided some seed funding our, ourselves you know, in the pursuit of greatness. In appealing to the investors that we brought in, like Solana Ventures, like Big Brain Ventures, like Sixth Man, like Shima, like Sano, and everything in between, we're, we have access to unparalleled resources, not only on the human capital side, having access to, to developers and in Unity and, and, and full stack backend also gives us the ability to work with other external game dev studios to release our, our mobile game. And delivering a mobile version of BR1 Infinite is really critical to our roadmap to appeal to the East Asian market and those aged 15 to 22 years old. People who play on mobile are drastically different than those who play on console and PC. And we're really excited to deliver a game for them as well. Awesome. Evan, uh, last question here. Uh, are there NFT collections outside of uh, your company in this game uh, that you currently hold, you follow? Um, not financial advice, of course, but uh, any uh, shout outs here of different projects. So I, I'm going to give a big shout out to Fractal.is, which is the, the leading Solana Web3 gaming platform. Um, we got a lot of support from David Wirtz, their CEO, and Justin Kahn, who is, is one of the major investors and founders there. On the NFT project side, I'm, a, I'm personally a huge fan of Laddercaster, which is, I think, the world's first fully on-chain game. Um, their development group right out of Montreal, you know, as a result, we've developed a, a huge affinity for everything they're doing. These guys are real builders. And last but not least, Solana Monkey Business. Solana Monkey Business is probably the most well-known and blue-chip Solana-based NFT it was a community that I found very early on when I entered the Solana ecosystem. 
and truly has been an unparalleled resource in both networking opportunity, access to resources, technology, mental health, economic financial advice, and everything in between. Um, so big shout out to Nam and the Monkey Dow crew. Awesome. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot about uh, Solana Monkey Business from uh, Solana Legend when we had him on the show before. Um, but Evan, this this was so much fun. Uh, definitely going to have to hop in, check that game out, and again, uh, change my eating habits from that winner winner chicken dinner to that risk it for the biscuit, um, and maybe buy some NFTs and uh, participate in that rental pool. That uh, that sounds like uh, uh, something to check out. So Evan, thank you for your time, and we'll have to uh, talk to you soon. Chris, thank you so much. Excited to be seeing you in game. The future of gaming is now and it's extra bright. Have a great day. All right, everyone. Evan Ryer, uh, let me go ahead and uh, bring back on Alyssa here. Uh, Alyssa, uh, NFTs and gaming, we, we talk about it a ton on the show, right? We've been talking about it for months. When are the big companies going to come in? When is this going to happen? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've definitely played Fortnite. I, I've played PUBG. I play PUBG Mobile still sometimes, um, you know, for like a half hour, hour at a time. The, this is really cool. The, the chance to maybe earn in for uh, getting some of those kills in game. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, um, I've only played Fortnite once, but I've definitely a lot more on PUBG. Uh, it's really cool, like knowing that you can get paid to kill and it kind of like encourages you to get get good you know <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing like evan was very open it wasn't like hey do this and you're gonna make money it was do this if you're gonna be good at the game if you're not good at the game you're, you're gonna lose money right like that's yeah. that's what happens but you know if you uh I, so i think that's the thing it's like when i play PUBG, like there's different strategies right you can either try to go after and be aggressive and get a bunch of kills, or you can try to play just, Hey, I'm gonna, you know, camp out in this building and, you know, wait, and I can make it to the top 10 just by, you know, when, you know, moving around when, you know, the spawn point changes or whatever, but you can't really do that in this game. Um, so you, you have to be a little aggressive and you, you got to do some different strategies. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, what do you think that, of the the rental system, Alyssa? Are are you a fan of that? That is pretty unique um, because it allows anyone really to pop in, right? Like you can go in and rent something for cheap, yeah. so you can play this game, and then that gives you the opportunity. Like if you're a good gamer, if you, if you're not bad, <laughs> and you get killed, boom, you get money. It's cool, and unique. Yeah, I. I love the rental system uh, again, you know, and Evan, very honest, right? You know, asking me, hey, do you have two hours to play this game every day? <laughs> uh, Alyssa, no, is the answer. Um, like I said, if I play PUBG mobile, it's usually for like a half hour, hour, you know, and maybe it's sometimes, you know, late at night or on the weekend, right? It's, it's not while yeah. I'm not while I'm working. It's not while I'm, you know, hanging out with the kids or anything. So, uh, you know, if I had if I could buy this NFT play for a little bit but when i'm not playing you know rent it out like it just seems like a win-win um I, I like the revenue share model i like the fact that you know hey if you're playing and you you, you start doing all these kills right you, you earn money but if you get killed you don't just lose right? yeah you, you retain 80 percent like that model because otherwise that'd be a very risk right what if it was winner take all 
people, <laughs> right? Like 300 people, y'all put in a dollar and the last person standing gets all the money, right? I, I don't feel like people would play that. I, I just feel like this business model is the, it, it's one that's going to get copied. I mean, I can say that like the, the infinite yeah. Royale mode, I, I feel like is going to get copied by other games. And he, yeah. he said that that hasn't been done elsewhere. And I just feel like uh, we're, we're going to see it. Yeah, I I personally haven't seen the Infinite Royale anywhere, though I haven't really paid attention. But that is really cool. <laughs> this yeah. is cool. And yeah, agreed. You're going to see copycats, um, not just probably in the NFT space either. Um, one thing I really like about this, like I'm thinking to like, uh, shoot, Ubisoft. Like, have we ever had like updates on what their nfts were i, I don't remember but no because i feel like the base said they were gonna do it and they started doing it and then uh, so many like gamers like fought back and like hated it that i feel like they tried to like kind of distance themselves because i think it's because they're known for the freaking microtransaction crap <laughs> and like they just oh this is just gonna be more money grab like i like when gaming companies do crap like this instead of just wanting your money like it you can actually get profit out of playing their game yeah instead of giving them the money <laughs> or like if evan would have said like hey you have to pay a dollar to spawn and then anytime you see a weapon or ammo in the game you also oh. have to pay a dollar yeah. to enter each <laughs> building you also have to pay a dollar like that's where like obviously you can see where like some companies like could you know kind of milk the money out of this but i, I can see uh, EA I, I doing feel that. like the model the model is very like it's very well done like the gaming company is going to take a cut, but they're not going to like just milk it, right? Yeah. Letting the players yeah. and the gamers make money. And again, not everyone is going to make money each time you play. And that's the the beauty of it, right? It's, it's risk-based gaming. Like when he said that, I was like, oh, sign me up, right? It's the same mm -hmm. with like, same as like sports betting, right? Like if I bet on sports, am I going to win every time? No, but I'm doing it because it's fun. I have the chance to win. Like, there's just so many different reasons, and that's that's what I see out of a, a game like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, it definitely is based on like your skill levels of a shooter. <laughs> yeah, well, I I know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna check it out, Alyssa, and maybe maybe we can stream it sometime too. But uh, I, I'll uh, do it too. I'll I, do I've it said too. this all along. I mean, this goes back to months ago on this show, Alyssa. Like. Uh, that, uh, what was it, Skyweaver game, right? Where you mm -hmm. could uh, earn NFTs by playing, right? If I only have a half hour a day to play a game, I would rather play a game where I have a chance to earn money than play a game where I'm just playing it, you know, for fun, right? Why not do both? And that's what we have here. So uh, definitely uh, give them a, a checkout at least, right? You don't have to play it. You don't have to sign up, but you can find the links in the description. Um, and again, thanks to uh, Evan for coming on the show today. Alyssa, any uh, final thoughts on, I mean, video games and NFTs and, you know, a, a game like this? Again, I know you're, you're big into games. This is something we've wanted for a while, right? NFTs and games to, to really meet. Do you think this is one of those cases where we're, we're getting there soon? I think so. Um, 
I'll be honest, I barely have paid attention to the gaming space because none of them really stood out to me. And they all the games don't look fun to me. Um, but this looks fun because I like shooters, okay? <laughs> um Same. even though I'm not good at them. <laughs> I shooters like them. and sports. Those are my those are my two. Oh man, I love RPGs. If someone can figure out a good way to like do like a Skyrim type NFT game, please. Please. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alyssa. Well, I think that's going to do it for our show today. Um, again, uh, shout out to Evan for coming on. That, that was a fun interview. It was fun to find out and also hear about a game that's already out, right? Like what a what a new sign that was that uh, you can actually play the existing game. There's already NFTs out. I mean, I can hop in tonight if I want. So uh, that, that was pretty cool to hear. And Alyssa, we also got through a ton of NFT news and headlines. So this was a really fun Tuesday. So thank you to everyone who joined us and is watching live. Also, if you're watching on replay or listening in on the podcast, make sure to like the video, share it with your friends, and let everyone know so we can keep the NFT coverage from Benzinga coming. Uh, we appreciate your support, and we will catch you next time.